Hello, Babylonians. Hey, babbies. Hey, babies and babbies and boobies and, and balls. Balls. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and that's an intro. Oh. Welcome to the latest episode. Yes. Still pregnant. Still got a knee or an elbow going in my side. Yep. She is very uncomfortable, guys. All the time. Yep. Doesn't matter what I'm doing, where I'm going. Sitting isn't great. Even laying down isn't super awesome. I have to lay with a full pillow between my legs instead of just the those maternity pillows. Mm -hmm. Yep. Sucks. It sucks. <laughs> Cause that was just enough so now I have to take luckily I keep like six pillows on my bed <laughs> and my child sleeps with me because yeah we do that so don't you guys you should have seen she had to go to the bathroom and she's trying to get up off the couch and then she was like tiptoeing really really fast to the bathroom <sighs> it was the funniest little moment of dance <laughs> pregnant dance that I've ever seen because <laughs> this giant tumor baby inside me his, his head is so <laughs> hardcore on the pelvic bone. It hurts it's the to best. fucking walk. And then I had to... Yeah, I pooped, guys. In case you don't know that girls do that. We poop. There was not a baby. There's just some poop. I was kind of hoping she was going to poop out a baby. But I, was, I was like, what if my water breaks? So, if this episode is the one. <laughs> I know we said that last time. Speaking of last time, it's really weighing on my heart. Yes. So, um... I just want to uh, state that if it sounded like in the last episode that I was making it seem like, um, okay, we, we at the end of the podcast, we kind of started, I started talking about how like a man, I got, I was like, isn't it weird that like dudes can still get off even if a chick goes ugly? And then it went into like kind of a, we, we the discussion went further and further and then it was about yeah. like how when women get raped our bodies just because if, if um, something is trying to enter our body will automatically lubricate itself and I don't know if it went this way but on my it's been weighing on my heart and my mind that if somehow I made it seem as though men cannot be raped right that's not what I was saying at all because right. I was I was just saying one thing and then because we, we babble in. yeah we babble and we were zoning in on the fact that we didn't know with that case last week um, about the what she was doing, if she or was what just was a crazy uh, manipulator, how it was because she was so much younger than the guy. If you mm -hmm. don't, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, go check it out. But um, yeah, Shauna was telling me about it. I didn't <laughs> feel like it came off that way, and no one has said anything. But if it, if you listen, and it felt like that, that's not what I was saying. I, I know, I know, men can be, which I think is kind of what I was. Or at least I was hoping to kind of state that like mm -hmm. women can manipulate a man and get him to do things that he may not really want to do. Right. And that can definitely be rape. Granted, that's not as far as the conversation went, but that's where I'm taking it right now. Um, and anyway, I just I am very much aware and 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 know that both men and women can be raped and and just because and one gets wet or ejaculates or things like that happen right. does not mean it is not rape. Exactly. Okay, so, enough. yeah, because I, I ended up sharing something on my page, on my personal Facebook page about that, and maybe, I don't know if that's what, like, stemmed from what you felt. Yes, for yes, yes, okay. yes, yeah. But, like, how men can 
you know, yeah. while it's happening, it's a ejaculate doesn't mean that you're enjoying it. It's Correct. a natural. It's what, it, it's what your body does. Response yeah. to intercourse or rape, depending right. on whatever the situation is. So, Sean, I just wanted to yeah. weigh, weigh, weigh that on you guys. Weigh that on you. Like now let that weight that I was carrying be on you. No, I'm just kidding. Don't let there be any weight on you. Release. No. We just, for our, for our own peace of mind, we <laughs> wanted to clear that up just in case someone ends up listening. They're like, oh, wow, that was really insensitive. Yeah. Or, um, I wasn't meaning to be but insensitive. But nobody, literally no one has reached out and said anything, which <laughs> is fine. But, you know, I... Just in case. Just, and I think me and Kelly had said something along those lines. Actually, no, we ended up getting a comment from a girl saying um when we were talking i think it was the very first episodes you know when mm-hmm. we were just in the beginning talking about um because we covered the hillside stranglers and how they would tr- uh target prostitutes and mm-hmm. sex, mm-hmm. sex workers mm-hmm. because they're viewed as less dead so they're like oh these girls are or not they're they're viewed as less people even yeah like they're like, not like, quite human if you like, will they don't in, in, insignificant right okay yeah and this girl just so me and Kelly ended up, I ended up bringing up on it, and Kelly had even explained to her, like, she's like, we don't view these women as, right. they were they're victims, they were, they were someone's daughter. I right. Was, you know? And 100%. But, so, but, in general, that, especially that, that, for the, 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 the 60s and 70s, yeah. that's a, even today, like, that's mm-hmm. a big, uh, I mean, if that's the, 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 do, the police that, people in general, they just kind of turn their head. So, and you know, and it's, it's so sad, because... Mm-hmm. Just because these women are making a living doing what they or do. Men. Or men. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're walking a thin line right mm-hmm. now. But we just, we want to be as open and honest on, on here because I know a lot of true crime podcasts can get a lot of backlash just for how things are reacted to and responded to. And we try to make sure we do these cases the absolute utmost justice because that's what these stories are being told. Right. And that's what we want to put into the world not, and not taint it in any other way. Correct. I mean, these are horrific things we're talking about. We try not to spare the gory details because, I mean, I know that's okay. what some of us are here for, and mm-hmm. that's what I that's what I want to hear when I listen to a true crime podcast. Yeah, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I yeah. need to know in the, my, again. And but and we're going to, you know, trigger warning in anything, like, mm-hmm. if it gets so, so graphic. But, yeah, that's just... Mostly it was weighing on my mind, and yeah. I thought, you know what, in case. In case, in case. It's not just me that was thinking this way. Right. Or... or you know what I'm saying? If that that I, I thought maybe I had stated something that that's not, or it came across, and that's not a, at all how I wanted it to come across. So, right. so if that did offend anybody, I do apologize. That was not my intent. That's not what I was doing. And now, let's continue with today's episode, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> that's just as actually. This one may actually be a lot of sad. Hey. With this kind of, I mean, not that these cases aren't sad, but like usually we find like a fuckhead. We're like, we're like, fuck this guy. But what ends up happening in this case that was actually just suggested to us by um, one of our listeners who's on our page? It wasn't. It was exciting. I was like, ah, this is a new person. Yes, 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 uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes, yes. and I have his name here because I have to. Um, uh, I almost said. Because it says case suggested by our friend Rusty. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say Frusty. <laughs> Frusty. You're our friend. Frusty. Oh my gosh, Rusty. I'm hey Rusty, so... thank you so much for reaching so, out um, and, and letting us know. I want to say thank you, but you kind of ruined my soul because this case is sad. Okay. So I appreciate the the mm-hmm. suggestion, but the research with this case is so sad. But you and know what? Okay. But this is a, it's a different kind. Of, it is there is 
a murder and, um, you know, it's not going to be quite as backwards as last week's episode was because I know we kind of talked about that a little bit, about how my notes weren't great last week and I apologize for that too. I won't even lie. <clears throat> but I, I ended up, there's, this isn't a super, super long story because we're going to be talking, um, we're going back to 1915 is where this is all going to start. 1915. So Thanks, Rusty. Yeah, sometimes, like, older cases, it's just, it's hard to find. Sure. But I, I ended up, the more I did research, I ended up having to use three different websites, so, to get all of my notes in here correctly. <laughs> you guys can't see my hand motions, but, um. But can you hear her breathing a little harder? Because she's very preggers. And we've decided if <laughs> I go into labor, we're going to just keep going. We're going to yes. pack all our shit up. We're going to pause where we're at and we're going to finish it while I have a baby. <laughs> and you guys will get to hear us first cry. <laughs> You're welcome. And they're going to be like, great! Or, uh <laughs> Or <laughs> Or you're going to hear me like half cry and Shauna not be able to put ice chips in my mouth. Facts. And then she's going to yell at me. And it's going to be crying fine. the whole way. Because <laughs> I'm an emotional basket. She, that's what she did. She <laughs> took me when I, she took me to the hospital when I had my first son. And that's all we'll, we'll touch on that because we've babbled enough this beginning. <laughs> but if you guys ever want to hear the story, just personally message us. And I will happily share Arlo's birth story with you because it's, it's, it's humorous. <laughs> She hurt my heart, but I love her. She didn't mean to. She was very pregnant and in labor and contracting. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't in realize the grand how scheme I of things, I'm so grateful that she was the one to take me and that she got to experience that with me. Yes. It was magical and wonderful. And she, yeah, we're going to keep going and I need to stop now. Okay. okay. So like I said, 1915, like I said, this is from Rusty and this case, I'm, I, I had a hard time, and I finally looked up how to say his name. This case is um, about Joe Arity. Okay. And um, I was like, this one's going to make you sad, mad, and just downright livid. And the one of the uh, titles of the articles I f found was, is, this is the case of the happiest man on death row. Oh, boy. Yep. Um, so we're going to talk about sweet, sweet Joe, who was born April 29th. Oh, my nephew's birthday. Yeah. 1915. Lovely. Just a different, you know, time. <laughs> In Pueblo, Colorado. Hey, I just drove by there. Okay. <laughs> All the connections. <laughs> I have some wonderful friends who live there. Um, his parents were named Henry and Mary, and they were immigrants from Syria, and they came to America in 1909, so they have him six years later. Woo, look at me doing math, because we talked about bloody binomials last week. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, but they didn't speak any English, so Henry ended up taking a job in a steel mill at um, in Pueblo, and Joe was late um, when he was born. He was late to start speaking. Well, you don't speak when you're born. Never mind. When he was a young boy and never spoke in sentences of more than a few words, it was also stated he couldn't read, write, sing, add, or distinguish colors. Um, he was a very passive child and very much a follower, like showed very early signs um, of just being just delayed. Mm -hmm. He attended one year of elementary school, and after one of the first meetings the, when the principal asked to speak with his parents, they said they needed to keep him at home because he couldn't learn. They, said, oh. they kept saying, this boy cannot learn. We can't have him in our school. So his father... And back then, sorry, babble for no, a second. Fine. Back then, though, they didn't have the structure. I mean, not that... Yeah, I know schools things still need help, but especially back then they didn't have that kind of structure, right? I mean, and so they, they, and they didn't have to... an understanding of how yeah. to deal with oh yes a child whose brain isn't yes with his classmates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so his father ended up losing his job, but 
um, lost his job a few years later after they started keeping him home, and he would ask he asked his friends for help to find Joe a place for Joe to go. So Joe ended up getting admitting. Or, oh my God, Joe was admitted to the state home and training school for mental defectives in Grand Junction, Colorado. I'm like that just sounds. It sounds horrible, it just but sounds sad. But he um, lived off off and on there until he was a young adult. Um, or into a young adulthood, I should say. There, um, it was then determined he had an IQ of 46. Oh, wow. And um, <clears throat> had the mind of a six-year-old. Even, in, <clears throat> even into adulthood, that's just where his mind mentally locked was at six years old. At home and at the school, he was often mistreated and beaten up by his peers. Uh, it's so... Oh, it's going to get worse. Um, he left the school and it wasn't clear where he wandered until about... Or... Uh, where he wandered about until around September of 1929 when he was found by a parole officer who spotted him. I don't know if this is factual. This is just off one of the websites that I used for notes that he was supposedly engaging in sodomy with other boys. Okay. Which, I mean... Was six years old. It's six, six year old, old mentality. And so, but, but physically, he's how old? What's the um, age? So, nineteen twenty nine. He would have been about fourteen. Okay, so fourteen year olds. Yeah, and um, and fourteen year olds. That's a that's an experimental age. It's an experimental and, 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 and things are changing in their bodies. Yes, and then when you have this boy who's not completely there, if you will, lack of a better term. Sorry if that offended anybody. Um, um, right, but. There I can understand, not condoning, but I can understand how easily it would be like, oh, to we're going to try this, this with you, with we're going to do person. that with you. Yes. Unfortunately, that's, yep. you see that a lot with yep. mental, mm, mentally incapacitated people who are taken advantage yes. of. Like, it's it's disgusting, and unfortunately, it's yes. easy to manipulate. Yes. So, okay. um, so they found with these boys, um, the these habits, so to speak, landed him back at the institution. He stayed there until eventually he was able to um, get away. He ended up, like, escaping. And he got into the freight rail cars to leave the city. And he ended up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Hey, Wyoming. Hey, where you at, though? <laughs> guess what we still don't have is Wyoming. Um, and that he, so that was, so he ended up in Cheyenne when he was 21. And um, on another, I ended up finding from another source, he left on August 12th. 1936 from Grand Junction and then ended up in Cheyenne. The date is important. Could be my due date. Who knows? Mm -hmm. um, anyways, <laughs> so that brings us to April 14th. So August 12th, he leaves town. August 14th, 1936, we're going to bring in a whole new set of humans. Um, there was two girls um, who from the Drain family, that's their last name, who were attacked while they were asleep at home in Pueblo. 15-year-old Dorothy and her 12-year-old sister Barbara Drain were bludgeoned by an intruder Ugh. with what was said to have been a hatchet or an axe. Okay. I mean, they're similar but different. Their parents, Riley and Peggy Drain, were at a dance when they came home and found Dorothy face down in her bed with the back of her head split open. Mm. Um, it also showed that Dorothy had been raped oh. and she had died from the um, attack, but her sister Barbara survived after being in a coma for a week. Wow. So they were just at home sleeping. Someone broke in their house and attacked these two girls. And that so was so. Which, what, the older one or the younger one? Passed? Fifteen year. The older sister died, Dorothy. Okay. So that's August fourteenth. So now we're going 
to jump back to Joe. So this is, this all comes back to connection, I promise. Okay. Um, so now we're going on to August 26th. Joe ends up getting arrested for vagrancy in Cheyenne, which just means his, hom his homelessness, just oh, okay. roaming, being a wanderer, being a vagrant. Yep. Had to look it up because I'm like, what does vagrancy mean? Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you for... I know how to say it. Didn't know what it means. But we got it. Um, after he was caught wandering through the rail yards, and this fucking sheriff that finds him, I f he's a fucking asshole. Okay. Um, his name is County Sheriff George Carroll, and he was aware of the search for suspects in the drain murder case. So when he picked... when Okay, so my, my notes got kind of wonky here because I was, like, adding things as I would find them, so they may go a little out of order right now, but it all... Okay. Circulates back around. She's um, not leading us astray, guys. She's, no. She's I'm bringing just, this right back. I'm going to lead you all over. <laughs> I'm going to try not to, but I'm still reading what my nose said here. Um, so when Joe was picked up after being found in the rail yards, Joe revealed while being questioned that he had traveled from Pueblo by train after, um, so he was in, or he was from Pueblo, but left and got on a train in Grand Junction. I don't know. I don't remember how close those are. I'm pretty sure I looked it up, but I don't remember, and I didn't put it in here. Obviously not that far. They're not too far from each other. Okay. Like, you're from, you lived in Colorado. Duh! Okay, sorry. Um, Carol then immediately questioned him about the drain case, because, you know, he's like, oh, well, that's interesting to bring up, especially because they're looking for these okay. girls, or, well, uh, Dorothy's murderer, and, um, uh, what is her sister's? Barbara's attacker. Um, Carol then said that Joe confessed to committing the crime to him. Um, so Sheriff Carol, of course, contacts the Pueblo police chief. His name was Arthur Grady about what Joe had told him. He then learned that they had already arrested a man who was the prime suspect. <clears throat> His name was Frank Aguilar, and he was a laborer from Mexico who had worked for the father of the Dream Girls and had been fired shortly before the attack. Um, that I put in here, usually a motive sometimes that can set people off, unfortunately. Right. Um, an axe head was recovered from Frank's home that had nicks on the edge that matched the wound on Dorothy's, um, Dorothy's wound on the back of her head. Um, hello? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Keep going. Just wait. It's, mm. it's not gonna, it's, it's gonna suck. <laughs> Barbara even identified Frank being the man that was in the girl's room that night. Um. Yeah. But Sheriff Carroll claimed that Joe had told him several times he had been with a man named Frank at the crime scene, painting a picture that it was a two-person act instead of just one. So Frank later, um, he ended up confessing to the crime and told police he didn't know or had never seen Joe ever in his life. Mm -hmm. That And Frank was also, um, okay, I'm just read my notes. Frank was also convicted of the rape of Dorothy Drain and sentenced to death. The jury only deliberated for less than half an hour, half less oh my god less than a half hour of bless america before deciding he was guilty he even confessed to two other unsolved pueblo murders and he was executed by gas chamber in either 1937 or 1939 i'm not i found two different dates or one two articles had 37 one article had 39 so it was between that time frame so bringing joe back in before looping him back to this he was ended up um sent back Trans oh my god, Nicole, just read your notes. Joe was transported back to Pueblo again, where he reportedly confessed ag again to the crime. His attorneys worked on an insanity plea, but it was not supported. Um, the Pue Pueblo Chieftain, which is their newspaper, wrote the headline, Not Insane, Just an Imbecile, which is oh, fucking just... Mean. I hate it. And gross. It's so disgusting. 
Um, the case against Joe was, I put coerced, but we won't talk about that. Based on the sole testimony he gave the Cheyenne police chief, who had no notes of the interrogation, no recording, I don't know, well, it's 1900 or 1920s, but no notes, didn't write anything down. Um, so to be added, his account of the confession changed a few times. Oh, shocking. So when Sheriff Carroll would later testify from his memory, as there were no notes, no okay, witnesses for most of the interrogation, a story about the night of the attack. He said, this is what Carol said that Joe told him, that Joe spied on the girls from the bushes outside. After he saw the parents leave, he snuck in and hit the girls in the head, took his clothes off, assaulted Dorothy, dressed, and left. Carol said, had asked Joe if he liked girls, and then immediately followed, and Joe said, yeah. Mm. He just, yeah. Then at, immediately followed with the question, if you like girls so well, why do you hurt them? I was like... I put in here coerce much, even though they ha they had someone in custody who did the damn crime itself. But it's fine. And the person that also was attacked, fucking identified yes. Frank, said that was the man that assaulted my sister and attacked us. What is the point? What what benefit did this fuckhead get? And then Frank didn't even be like, oh no 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 no, I'm not going down. By, by myself with this, he could have been like, oh yeah, Joe was there, but yeah, he's like, he said, I've never dude. seen this guy before in my life. Like, I don't know him, I don't know, I've never heard his name. So... What is the benefit of this cop? Why did... I just, I don't, I don't understand it. And, okay, we're just gonna keep going. So, during questioning, Joe first said he beat the girls with a club. Okay, so this was when he was being questioned after Sheriff Carroll found him wandering around. So we're going back and forth a little bit here, but guys, sorry. Okay. During questioning, Joe first said he beat the girls with a club, then it changed to an axe. Joe couldn't say where he got the axe from, I put in my notes, because he didn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, Carol insisted that Joe provide, um, provided him with the details of the drain house, but couldn't name where the axe was from. The man's child was, the man's mind was six years old. F uh, fuck you, Officer Carol. Yeah. Um, claimed he described the rooms, color of furniture, and the color of the walls in the girls' bedroom, but didn't have, a, did, but didn't state what, what the details were. Just said that. Oh yeah, that he told me exactly how the house looked. This guy. Like, what vendetta do you have against this dude? Like, there's nothing just because he was wandering around. I don't, I don't understand. I don't. Okay, it's fine. Details only someone who had been there and would know or could be like, hey, it looked like, or, okay, so this is, this is just me putting this into a different perspective, or Sheriff Carroll could be like, hey, it looked like this, right, because that info could be public, but we won't talk about that. Right. But, like, he'd be like, oh, was her, did they have pink bedroom walls? And be like, yeah, yeah, they had pink yeah, bedroom walls. Yeah, did like they, talking to a six-year-old. Yeah, talking, exactly. And there's another case I'm going to bring up that this, um, oh, no, no, no. Um, that this ends up happening with in a different time and stuff, but not related to this case in any way, shape, or form. But I'm going to bring it up because it's one that Morbid covered, and it was very fucking frustrating. You may have heard of it, too, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, uh, I was like, despite absolutely no evidence, Joe was found guilty and was sentenced to death. That is Just so based wrong off on of so many levels. I don't understand how in a courtroom or whatever how, like if there's a jury I don't I don't even know if there yeah. was but like how can you say I, you're just literally basing it off this man's word who literally well this man's word but not but <coughs> the the witness the the victim states 
he was not there. Yeah. The there was one person in the who house. actually raped and murdered states, don't know this dude, never seen him, he wasn't with me. Yeah. So, but we're going to base it off of this cop. Yes. That wasn't fucking there. Yeah. That wasn't the one that was victimized. Right. It, Are just, you... I'm sorry. I don't understand. I'm not sorry. I'm just mad. Okay. very mad. And it's only going to get worse. Okay. okay so, <laughs> a little bit worse. I put just unfair in all capitals. Um, Joe was ignorant of what was going to happen to him. <sighs> this part is what broke me. Like, it got, it got hard. He spent his days playing with toys and chatted with reporters cheerfully and other actual killers. He had toy trains that he loved to play with. That's what he had in his jail cell. Ugh. Because he's 23. But he's got the mind of a six-year-old, so yeah. it's, he's, a, he's a child. Yeah. He's a little He's dude. a baby. He's, he's a, a baby dude. forever. Yeah. Um, okay. Where? Warden, okay, this warden, this warden, this warden. Warden Roy Best, who was the best, took pity on Joe and even tried to save him. I'm trying not to cry. Described him as the happiest man who ever lived on death row. Um, he he tried he tried so hard to make it to where he wouldn't have to be executed. Um, Denver lawyer Gail Ireland, who later took up who or no, who later became the Colorado's attorney general, took up Joe's cause and gained nine stays of execution. If you don't know what a stay means, that means they prolonged his Prolonged his execution, although it didn't prevent it. In the end, all the appeals failed because she kept trying to get it what? taken and expunged and taken off his. Like he shouldn't. They're like be cool. here first of all. Yeah. Well, and they're like, if we're gonna keep him, in, let's just keep him in prison then. If you think he did this, but he does not need to be killed, like executed for a crime that he literally was zero a part. Just of. fucking look back through the fucking notes. It makes go to the zero family's house sense. and let Barbara Drain tell you again. I watched my sister be murdered, and I know who did it. Oh, my gosh. Barbara, <sighs> I kind of wish you would have fought for this man. I'm sorry. You had a lot of other shit going on, but... They... Oh, I don't know if they were big advocates. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> yeah, you think you're going to cry now? Wait, just wait. Here's more. Joe ended up giving his toy train to another prisoner as he was walked to death row yeah. while talking about raising chickens and playing the harp like the padre told me the father of at the or the freaking jail um when he made it to the next world oh my gosh yeah mm, this is getting me um his execution date was january 6 1939 the headlines that that um were posted in the news the next day it um the headline was 23 year old in quotes, child dies for slaying. Um, news reported, he walked to his death with the faith of a child and grinned as he was strapped in the death chair. His remains were buried in the prison cemetery, a spot called, a spot called Woodpecker Hill with a motorcycle plate marking his grave. For 52 years, Joe Arity was forgotten about. In 1991, when Persky, that's just the name, an author and advocate for the disabled found a poem about a warden, warden mourning an execution. Uh, this is part of the poem um, line. The man you kill tonight is six years old, and he has no idea why he dies. Whew. Yep, I put insert here, tears here, damn it. Um, Persky was working on a book, so he had sought out um, the info behind this poem. He was writing a book about um, just uh, prison executions. And found that poem and then went deep diving into um, 
research just to find what this poem pertained to and then mm-hmm. discover the case about Joe. Good job, Persky. Yep. Um, and uh, on January 7th, 2011, um, okay, so 52, uh, no, that was, so he was in, okay, 1939, January 6th, and then January 7th, 2011. I don't know how many years apart that is. I'm not going to do that math. Um, Colorado Governor Bill Ritter granted Joe Arity a full and unconditional posthumous pardon, the first to ever be done in Colorado. Um just basically pardoning him for the crime that he should not have been executed for. Today, um, a marble headstone with a picture of Joe playing with his train has replaced the rusty license plate grave marker. The marker was placed in June 2007 after 50 supporters gathered for the dedication of the tomb. Chiseled in stone are the words, Here lies an innocent man. There is a organization that's called the Friends of Joe Arity um, mm-hmm. that's they organized um, after this happened and then put into like full motion of people who are put into situations like that, like wrongfully of crime. Okay. Wrongfully accused. Accused of crimes I didn't commit. And oh, that just, that, it just tore my heartstrings. And well, I don't especially know. Especially because you and I both have worked with special needs. Yes. And so I, I, I just. It's. I mean, and I know, I know, I know, here's the first case like this we've ever read, or you yeah. know, you know, so like, yeah. and I can only imagine how many more there probably are. Yeah. And, and not just crime, I mean, just people being taken advantage of. Right. Um, in general, when they, when they have, um, I don't want to say disabilities, but that's what but I'm, that's mental, just mental yeah. delay. Like, so. Ouch, man, my heart. And yeah, that, that and just... warden, what a beautiful man, but I don't fucking understand how the pardons weren't able to be pardoned. Granted, I don't, like, I don't, I don't get, I don't, that uh, makes that fucking time frame, just the, the 30s, 20s and 30s, like, and like, you literally had the victim who survived tell you and identify Frank, mm-hmm. and yet... Somehow this Joe just gets shoved into just because a, just because this other fuckhead of a head. La- I mean, I know as a policeman, and I know I'm but, not trying. I there are some great policemen, and I know this man's dead, but God. there but there are not, some not great. Just I mean, we're we're all human. Some of us are great. Some of us are I. Yeah. Some of us are just downright awful. Exactly. And and, and with any job, so that includes police work. Yes. And this person, I don't understand what the benefit was. Did he have some sort of vendetta? Which we'll never get that answer. No. To, to people with um, mental disabilities. Right. Like, <clears throat> like, and saying, oh no, he told me he did this, 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 what and this. What was the benefit? Why did he not want just Frank to go down? Why did he right. want Joe? I'm like, just because he was wandering through the rail yards? So what? Like, get him for trespassing then. Yeah. Not murder. No. Sick fuck. And then, yeah. So this warden knows that this this man has the mental capability of a six year old. Yeah, and I think I want to I, I want to say in one of the articles I read he pushed so hard. They're like, please, just please don't do this to him. Just let him stay here. If yeah. that's what it has to be, if he's such a menace to society, then why can't we just keep him here? Yeah, 
and will let him just live out his days playing with the streets. Like, there's the sweetest picture of him with another inmate. And, of course, you know, we'll put this all on our social medias. Of him just showing him his toy train. And they're just, he loved trains. And that's why he liked the rail yards. Because yeah. it was, that was his comfort. Because he was right. six. Right. I mean, a 23-year-old body well, it's not like this stupid fucking idiot cop couldn't realize. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I'm just keep, keep kind of staying, stating the same thing. Oh, there comes little man. Oh, no. Why is it coughing? Okay. What, what's happening? What's going on? I think okay. my words were, I don't know. Sorry, we had to pause for the cause there. Basically saying that obviously this warden knew that this guy wasn't and he would just he, and he just totally took advantage of that. He he knew that this this man didn't have the mental. Oh, not statement. the warden. The I'm sorry. Did I say the warden? Yeah, you said I'm warden. I'm sorry. I didn't. No, mean no, it's okay. The the, um, the officer. The officer. So totally took officer whatever took advantage. Yeah. I don't know if he was trying to get some sort of a raise. I don't. Yeah, I, just, I don't but get none of it added up. And the fact that he doesn't have notes, I don't understand. If there's not notes and stuff to back you up, yeah, like why how how can it be submitted? Yeah, because, and I, I, I mean, obviously this is you know a hundred years later, mm. but like that should be thrown out then. It, yeah. It's not, you know, you 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 can't you it, can't it, use it. Sorry. Yeah. You know, and it was just too little, too late. I mean, it's. I love that Colorado. That was the first time Colorado has ever done a pardon on someone who's been, who's Correct. already been deceased. Yeah. Um, it was a very big deal. Um, and obviously, getting more attention and help for those so that stuff like this doesn't happen. Yeah, to, because to there's people. like. Um, um, but in like I said, the I think it, I think it's a three parter too that Morbid covered of the West Memphis three. Okay. Um, it's about. It's there's three there's six care not characters there's three boys that were found murdered in this West Memphis um, and three little boys three eight year old boys I think they're all eight and these three teenagers end up getting blamed for it mm -hmm. but they end up getting out mm -hmm. and but the mental damage is very hardcore on them and one of them. Um, like they even have recordings of it. That if you go, if you want to go listen, Morbid did an excellent, excellent job of covering that case. And um, one of them had he had mental uh, delay, whatever. And um, you can hear when he's being questioned by the police how they're like, "Oh yeah, so uh, this boy was stabbed, right? And you stabbed him." And then he's just like. Yeah, yeah, we stabbed him. Yep. And then the times changed. They're like, okay, so you were there about 9 a.m.? And they're like, he's like, no, we weren't there at 9. And they're like, oh, noon. It was noon, right? And he goes, yeah, it was noon because we left school early that day. Or or it's it's all over the place. Correct. And you hear the police officers because mm -hmm. they were just trying to peg who mm -hmm. killed these three little boys. Yeah, they don't just do it to people with, with who, who may not be totally together mentally. They, they'll they do it to anybody. It, it was, <coughs> and it ended up, because two of the boys... Not all cops, just some. Sorry. There are, yes. No. <laughs> I mean, I back the blue, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but I also understand that there are corrupt cops yes. in the world, and it's, it's an awful, disgusting uh, power move, or whatever you want to call it, it that those, those people are able to get in Yes. to the judicial system and justice system and abuse it. Yes. And it's it's fucking heartbreak and it's it's scary cuz mm -hmm. you know cuz these are humans. I mean 
Yeah. These are lives that they're they they technically have more power and control over us. So like, right. don't you can't be fleeting with that. Mm-hmm. Like that is that's a huge responsibility, and you gotta you gotta cross your T's and dot your lowercase J's, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I took a big drink of water and almost came out my nose. <laughs> so, I know this is a, sh- a shorter case but like it's sometimes on these older cases it's hard to find um, information but that was rusty man thank you, you rusty i don't know if i want to thank you no I'm just kidding. Yeah, i do and, and no, please, i appreciate you, guys, you. i love sending us more like yes. we love when you when we I, get feedback from you no or, or you if you hear. find something that you want us us to cover i mean yes, it's, we're yes, just yes. we're just us yeah <laughs> so we're just two sisters sitting in a Basement. Basement. Year about year. Sorry. Murder. <laughs> Talking about murder and Come. blood and babies coming soon. Boop boop boop. Not the second, boop, but boop. soon. Oh, all right. And I guess that um that's a good time to wrap it up. Okay. So until next time, with or without a baby, we'll see. Uh, Babylon. Babylon. Have you ever wondered who would make the sexiest zombie? Matt Damon. Pepper me with your Damon teeth all up on me. What would happen if your penis was where your head should be? They have to have something to look at, like a face. That would eventually become my face. <laughs> the Center Cut, a podcast where Michael and Dave only watch the beginnings and ends of your favorite movies and TV shows and try to figure out the middle. Just search The Center Cut everywhere you find podcasts. And remember, it's always better in the center. <laughs> <laughs>